0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports
1: Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Tuesday, June 30th. The finale of June. Yes, we're here. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with primary election pollster and Power Six Conference lobbyist Jason Shepard. Yes, uh,
2: it is not. Too uh, too early to uh, announce. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and announce BYU is going to the P5. <laughs> <laughs> they are
1: not or P6, right? Or P6. A con- another conference. Is the race created. is not too close to call. We're calling it.
2: <laughs> BYU at some point is going to
1: a P5 Jason Shepherd on record as BYU being <gasps> the favorite to become the next Power Five team <laughs> included and making the leap into a Power Conference in a land- in a landslide. People, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we should have you rank your top five teams that are most likely to be invited to a Power 5 conference. I'm guessing that four of the five would be BYU.
2: Why are we leaving one spot not BYU?
1: <laughs> is that? What good does that do us? <laughs> That's why he's a lobbyist, folks. Here's today's show lineup. If I could do something other than be a broadcaster, it would be a lobbyist. Those guys make so much money, and I don't, I, I don't know what they actually do. Have you ever thought about what you'd do if you weren't doing They're this? hype
2: machines. yeah. I think I'd be an actor. (laughs) Well, you are, aren't you? Sort of. Jason Bourne
1: identity. Let's go. (laughs) It's true. Me and Matt Damon. (laughs) Today's show lineup, David Nixon on why independence is a major boon for BYU football recruiting. The best to ever wear it features a current... Cougar, Jason, (laughs) buy, sell, or hold. Four-star basketball freshman Caleb Lohner averaging double figures this season and ranking the top five football wins of the Independence era. We're getting close to the 4th of July. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU announced that its annual Football Media Day will be held Monday, July
2: 20th. The event will be held virtually. You can expect Tom to state of the program as well as a two-hour BYU Sports Nation. More details are expected in the coming weeks.
1: I know there are so many questions. Is football going to happen? If football happens, how many fans get to attend the games? Will there be any fans at the games? All of these questions are going to be asked to the athletic director on July 20th. Jason, how about some championship hoops today? Brandon Davies and FC Barcelona play in the Liga Endesa Championship today, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. You can watch it live, essentially after BYU Sports Station.
2: Uh, I think that's exactly what uh, we will do, as a matter of fact. And women's golfer Alicia Mae Mateo was named a WGCA All-American Scholar. Mateo placed in the top 26 times during the 2019-2020 season.
1: All rise and shout. It's time for
0: What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Pat
1: Forty of Sports Illustrated, national columnist, specializing in college football, has launched the annual June campaign, Jason. (laughs) Conference realignment. What if scenarios and based on COVID-19 and TV rights coming up in 2024 and 2025, and just because we're all bored out of our minds right now with essentially no live sports. Yeah, Pat Forty's going to go there and has created all of these brand new conferences. No holds barred. Jason, it's just, yep, this team looks good here. This team looks good here. And he's done it from a largely regional basing. Uh, Jason, what is your reaction to Pat Forty's proposal of a new Rocky Mountain Conference featuring the likes of BYU, Utah, Utah State, Boise State, the Arizona schools, among others? Look, this will come
2: as a surprise to no one. I love the idea. Now, I, I love it for a couple of different reasons. Number one, it puts BYU in the mix for what essentially—I mean, there's there's no more like you know P five. I mean, it's it's all one. And so everybody's included. Everybody has an opportunity. That's one of the reasons I love it. And, again, like you said, he, he there, look, relegation is involved in this. He's taking some programs that are at an FBS level and dropping them down, bringing some up. North Dakota State's coming. Mean, all all these are in play. But – I like the idea, and I'm fairly happy with the conference as a whole that he has come up with. Look, and I agree with Pat that any change to college football probably skews towards regional, especially right now from a travel standpoint. Certainly, you know, with everything that's going on in the uncertainty in sports, traveling across the country, it's it's difficult logistically and everything else. And so if you have something that's regional, you have shorter trips, and, and you're not away as much. So I certainly understand the idea behind it. I know most people who don't like this, and we've heard from a lot of them, they don't like it because it's just like the the old whack, or it's like going back to the Mountain West Conference. Is it, though? But, but it's not. It is not the same, because the reasons that none of us like the idea of going back to the Mountain West Conference is because we look at it as a step down in terms of finances, in terms of control of of the brand and the program, and you're still not getting access to P5. That's off the table now. You're kind of having the best of both worlds where you're involved in it, and you also have a conference that is not so overwhelming in order to win. And I love the idea that the the college football playoff is expanded to 12, and everybody that wins their division is immediately in. I love it you win your division and you are in the college football playoff. Yeah. I love that idea. I love the teams BYU uh is facing. I I love I love about 98% of what he has put out in terms of the the
1: idea and the conference that BYU's in. Okay, we'll get into the 2% that you don't like yes. in just a minute. Right now, I'm on board with the idea of regional rivalries driving the uh just the complexity or uh, I guess the makeup of all of these conferences. I think it's a solid foundation. It's a solid idea that you're going to put regional rivalries at the core of these conferences. You bring back BYU and Utah air force and Colorado state are in there. Colorado comes in as a power five team. Then, I I like that the Arizona schools are involved. Boise State is a perfect fit. UNLV. Now, Wyoming and New Mexico are up for debate. <laughs> All right? We'll get to them in a second. The, not, the Cowboys and Lobos, yes, they fit regionally, but I don't know if I would put them in the Rocky Mountain Conference or kind of let them slide out somewhere else. Perhaps some relegations involved. <laughs> I don't know. I wondered if you were going there. I, I don't know. But – I like the idea. I think Pat Forty is a brilliant mind, a brilliant writer, and we've all thought about this as uh, working in the sports business. Of man, if we could, if we could just maneuver these things around, what would what would we do? He did it. He put it on paper, and he's. I think it's a brilliant move to kind of corner this market in the summer when uh, <laughs> we're all hoping there will be college football. But what if, Jason? I mean, what if TV rights, COVID nineteen, all this stuff, kind of just restructures how everybody views all of college football, and then something drastic happens.
2: Everything else is being restructured right now in our lives. Why wouldn't that be potentially? You know what I'm saying? How much like,
1: travel and regions and all of that matter moving forward?
2: Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot to like about this. But would we make any changes? That brings us to topic two. We've seen what Pat Forty's new college football looks like. Can we do better, though? Spencer, what is your ideal conference look like for BYU
1: I'm trying to maintain some type of realism amidst this (laughs) never going to happen scenario and I'm with Pat Forty again on the idea of keeping everything regional I'm on board for naming it the Rocky Mountain Conference that makes sense bringing back old rivalries is the way to go but I want just a little bit more power five pop Thus, I'd remove Wyoming and add Nebraska. Now you've got the old Colorado-Nebraska rivalry renewed in a conference. That's a fantastic game. My second major change, Jason, is taking New Mexico out and replacing the Lobos with Nevada to create a Silver State showdown with UNLV and create slightly better travel scenarios for most teams in conference. Going to Reno instead of Albuquerque. Sorry Walter White. You could even split the 12 team conference into a couple of divisions that way if you want Jason. BYU, Utah, Utah State, Boise State, UNLV, Nevada in one division. Yeah, but see, that's one of the things Pat brought up is he doesn't want the Whatever. divisions. He I'm doesn't saying, Okay. Okay, but this is yours. I will there's a I, constant, will, I, I, I know, I'm not saying you should, but if there are those that are like, "Hey, we need two divisions," you could do it easily. Kay. Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado State, Air Force, Colorado, Nebraska. How fun Would that conference be? And think about this conference from a basketball standpoint. Now you're talking about at least four to five bids every year in the NCAA tournament. At least four to five. BYU, Utah, Utah State, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado. That's some rich history in hoops. And UNLV, Nevada, Boise State, they have their own histories in the tournament. Nebraska's not a pushover. That would be a fantastic basketball conference as well so uh, i'm about adding nebraska and nevada removing wyoming and new mexico okay
2: you and i are on the same page in terms of the teams that we would actually take out of the scenario in large part i I love everything about what pat 40 did but like you i'm taking wyoming out and i'm taking new mexico out now you and i agree on what we're taking out we slightly differ on who's coming back in I agree that Nevada comes in because with, with rivalries, being able to have UNLV and, and UNR, I, having those together I think is important. Where I do like the idea of Nebraska and Nebraska and Colorado, I just don't think – I don't think – I have a hard time seeing Nebraska in the scenario. So I went a little different. I actually went with San Diego State. And one of the biggest reasons, besides maybe familiarity with kind of the rest of what the conference looks like, I think it's extremely important for BYU to have some sort of footprint in the state of California. You're not going to pull one of USC or UCLA or both. You're not going to get paired up with them. The, the UCLA's and USC's are going to stick together. All of the Bay Area schools in the Pac-12 are going to stick together. I think I would rather have San Diego State versus a Fresno State or a San Jose State or, you know, any any of those. So, for me, I'm taking, I'm keeping everything else the same, but I'm taking Wyoming out. I'm taking Nevada out, and I'm putting in – or, excuse me, New Mexico out. I'm putting in Nevada, and I'm putting in San Diego State. I still think that, that keeps everything regional. It keeps your travel um, – short, shorter than at least what it's been. And I think having that footprint in California is important.
1: Frankly, I just don't want BYU to ever go to Laramie in November for a football game (laughs) or in January for a basketball game, for that matter. I don't don't want to put that on BYU. Now, if I had to make a consolation, say, well, you got to keep one of the two, I'd keep New Mexico. I'd keep Albuquerque in there just because I think it's a better destination. I think of have a better basketball program than Wyoming does yeah, Yes, there are a lot of
2: people that are focusing specifically on this is, this is a football. You, from from a, a standpoint of other sports, it's a pretty good conference. Uh, yeah. You know, in other, in other sports, certainly.
1: Okay, our question of the day. Which teams would be in your ideal conference for BYU and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from
1: Christian Williams on Twitter, who says, basically the Pac-12 put Boise State in for someone and San Diego State, the Pac-12 could use BYU with many of their school attendance issues. So Christian is in favor of making it the Pac-14. Now, if BYU and Boise State were to get added into the Pac-12, great. But who are, who are you taking out? Because I don't see any team, maybe they want to push like in Oregon State. That's not going to happen. Like Oregon and Oregon State, those regional rivals are going to stay in the Pac-12. The only way BYU would ever, ever, ever even sniff the idea of getting into the Pac-12 is if that conference decided to expand to 14 teams.
2: Uh, Agreed. And look, if if you're going to, if you're the Pac-12 and you're going to get rid of teams, and it's not because at least one of them, hasn't done a really good job. But you're going to keep the teams that have the history the longest together. You, It makes sense that Utah and Colorado are the ones that Pat Forty pulled out of the Pac-12 to start. Now, it, it makes sense regionally, but it also makes sense in keeping what the original you know, Pac-10 and the Pac-8 teams together.
1: So I mean, it makes sense. There would have to be a defection of some sort. Um, if Arizona and Arizona State, and I know that there were some – Rumors swirling a few years ago that those schools were upset with the direction of the conference and the TV deals and they weren't on all of the platforms and they're tired of playing in that eight fifteen slot late on Saturday night. Nobody's watching the games. If Arizona and Arizona State were to get – Picked up by the Big Twelve, right? Then there's another opportunity for the Pac-12 saying, "Okay, well, may, uh, do we need to add two more teams? Maybe we go get San Diego State and we add a team like BYU." Look, look at the, I mean, you just look. Forget, forget the Wyoming's, the Air Forces, the New Mexico's.
2: You're talking about a a conference that Pat Forty put together that has Utah. It has Boise State, it has Colorado, it has Arizona
1: and Arizona State and yeah. BYU. That alone, right amazing. there, is amazing. It would be awesome. It's amazing. It would be outstanding. Yes, uh, I just want college football conference chaos theory to happen. What's the? I just want the first domino to fall. Like somebody gets poached. Yeah. So whether it's USC and UCLA and the Big Twelve are like, hey, we want a footprint in California. Right. Come join our conference. We're going to pay more money. It's going to be way better. You'll play in much better uh, time windows on uh, all the networks you want to. Come on over. Like, it, it, that. something like that needs to happen. Some teams need to get poached. Or there needs to be a defection of some sort. And then the dominoes start to fall. I want this to happen just because it's, it feels like it's time for another shift. Yes,
2: yes. And that's Give the best opportunity for BYU the change. to take advantage of something. All right.
1: Coming up, it's another twofer in the best to wear it. And is David Nixon still in on independence? The former NFL and BYU linebacker on why being Indy is a major recruiting boon for BYU. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU TV
2: and BYU Radio is the place to get all of your information on BYU Football Media Day. Tune in coming up on Monday, July 20th for the state of the program at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Then stick around for a two-hour BYU Sports Nation special beginning at noon. BYU Football Media Day, July 20th on BYU TV and BYU Radio.
1: It's starting to get real. Fingers crossed for football. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. Joining us now is the beloved member of our BYU TV football crew, David Nixon on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. David, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Always nice to see your face and always nice to see that amazing jersey you have behind you.
3: There's, there she is, the old Lindbacker, right there.
1: The greatest <laughs> Lindbacker in BYU football history, dare I say. Hey, David, uh, it's not going to happen, but Pat Forty put out some interesting conference realignment scenarios based on pandemic and all of the uh, hypothetical scenarios that could happen if college football went to a major shift. Um, what aspects of Pat Forty's idea and that Rocky Mountain conference with BYU and Utah and Colorado and Arizona and Arizona State, among others, what do you like most about that?
3: Well, I'll tell you this. I'm, I'm a little torn on it, to be honest. I, I, I love the setup. I like the, the geographic nature of it where you're close to your opponents. Um, I, I like that Utah's back in the division. You know, you spark up that robbery. I like the two Arizona schools. I think they fit well. Um, I don't love, as you guys know, I'm not a big fan of Larry. Uh, Not a huge fan of Albuquerque. So throwing those guys back in the mix, not ideal. But, uh, you know, I I think it's actually pretty fun. I I think it's pretty well balanced, frankly. Um, And and you look at the history with these schools, um, it's a pretty good time. With that being said, I'm I'm torn because I feel like the downside is the fact that BYU, you look at BYU's schedule this year, they face six. P five opponents um, this year, whereas if they were go to this type of format, you only have four uh, with to the two Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah. And so uh, I think it depends. It somewhat spoiled me in the sense that you get to play these P five teams, in, you know, week in and week out. Uh, then of course, you know, this year's schedule you sprinkle in uh, Boise State, San Diego State. I mean, it's a solid schedule, top uh, you know, top down. So I don't know. I, I, I think it's pretty fun. I, I do love. I think. All BYU fans, frankly, all fans across the country would admit, similar to basketball, it's great in the sense that you have a shot at getting to the playoff. You're not one of these G5s like BYU currently is where, uh, you know, it takes almost a miracle to get into the playoff. In this scenario, um, BYU would have a great shot, and especially in this conference. I, I think this conference, it's not like you're facing, you know, the Washingtons and Oregons and USC's who are traditionally powerhouses. Uh, I think you're, it's a pretty level playing field for the, this Rocky Mountain League. Once again, does it happen? Most likely not. But it's pretty <laughs> fun to talk about here at the end of June.
2: Yeah, we're, we're almost to July, so these are kind of, this is kind of what you get right now. But I, I found it fascinating. And, you know, you touched on what you like, what you don't like. And you were talking about the fact that it, it does look like it's a conference that's not, you know, insurmountable. So how do you think BYU would fare annually in a conference that was made up like this?
3: Honestly, it reminds me of my West Conference days when it was basically a three-horse race with TCU, BYU, and Utah. And I, I would see probably the same here. I think, uh, well, frankly, it would probably be a little tougher. You throw a Boise State in the mix, I think they'd be uh, vying for that top spot. But uh, it would be difficult. I think there's a few games in there, just like in any conference, that's the bottom dwellers that I think BYU would do fine with. Uh, but that upper tier with the two Arizona schools, as we've seen, I mean – BOE you know, he goes you know, head-to-head with those guys, but it's, it's always a toss-up. Uh, of course, Utah has had BYU's number, and so it could you flip the switch. Who knows? Uh, but Boise State's very competitive. And Colorado, they're kind of on the up-and-coming. So it's a pretty compelling league. I mean, you look across uh, all the different leagues they put together. I think this Rocky Mountain is up there with, with one of the best. I mean, there's, there are some. You look at the Sunbelt Conference uh, with Alabama, Auburn, LSU – That's that's pretty daunting. Even even the Southwest with with A&M, Texas, Texas Tech. I mean, Oklahoma, that's a pretty solid conference as well. So pretty fun to look at. I I spent some time going through and kind of the same thing you're talking about, analyzing which ones are easy, which ones are hard. And they did a pretty good job of balancing it all out, frankly.
2: Quite honestly, the funniest part was hearing Alabama and Sunbelt in the same sentence. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem right, does it? No, it I, mean, doesn't. I, mean, I think all Alabama fans saw this and just like I just want to throw up their mouth probably.
1: Yeah, talk about a major upgrade for the Sun Belt Conference. Good grief. Uh David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're discussing hypothetical conference realignment. Why? Because it's June, late June at that. Okay? That's just what we do. Uh David, this brings up a question about BYU's current status and in independence. Now, essentially, a decade later from making that decision, is BYU in a better position than they were as an athletic department ten years after they defected, or defected rather, from the Mountain West
3: Conference? I think so. I, I think so. I once again, uh, every, you know, there's been people who've been very vocal about going back to the Mountain West Conference, and I've been uh, a strong proponent of staying in independence. I, I just don't think the Mountain West was ever the answer, and and I've mentioned this before, but. It comes down to recruiting. If, if, if Kalani Satake walks into a kid's house, who's also being recruited by Utah, an in-state kid that's a big recruit, all Kyle Winningham would have to say is, listen, Pac-12 or Mount West? Which one do you want? At least now Kalani can walk into the house and say, okay, yeah, you got the Pac-12, but we're, we're, in, we're in an independent. And because of that, we play on the biggest stages against the biggest teams, week in and week out, uh, on ABC, ESPN, and you have this exposure. And so I think... Just recruiting alone, the independence is a huge win. Um, And and listen, BYU still gets a taste of the Mountain West. You still get to play the San Diego States, the Boise States, the world. And so it's working out. Yeah, you're not buying for a championship, but I've also said this before. I've got two Mountain West Conference championship rings that nobody really cares about. I mean, yeah, it was fun to win them, and of course I have great memories of my teammates. But if I were to wear those around town, nobody's going to say, wow, you won a Mountain West Conference championship. They're just not that big of a deal. And so – to go compete in the Mountain West Conference right now, it's just it's just kind of whatever, right? I mean, I think everyone wants to be in the P5 league. And so if you're not going to be in the P5, I think the next best is Independence, where, like I said, you get to play Wisconsin's, Tennessee's, USC's, of the world, uh, and, and you get to play them on the biggest stages. I mean, ABC, and, and you get the chance to be seen and get that exposure. So um, I, I think it was the right move. And, of course, I, listen, I, I want to be in a conference. I, I think all of us want to be in a, in a P5 conference until that happens, independence is your ship. you got to ride it.
2: All right, so let's look at this scenario that Pat Forty has put out there. So looking at this conference, I think for the most part, I, I only made two changes. Spencer and I in the last segment talked about our ideal conferences and what it would look like. And mine looks pretty similar to what this is. Now, I'm like you. I'm take, why, The trip to Wyoming doesn't look too appealing. Wyoming was out of that scenario for me. And as was New Mexico. And I had San Diego State in and Nevada in replacing those. But otherwise, I think it's a pretty ideal conference realistically. What's your ideal conference look like for BYU?
3: I mean, ideal? I would be to cherry pick all the Pac-12. Maybe cherry pick a couple of the Southwest and and kind of switch it up a little bit. But at the same time, listen, we've seen what independents having a top-bottom brutal schedule can do injuries pop up uh, fatigue sets in and and BYU struggled late in the season. And so you've got to, I mean, you do have to balance out these schedules. Yeah. It'd be great to have just, I mean, power teams at the top and uh, have the whole conference full of those type of groups. Um, But you've got to have some teams where it's more of a rest week, you know, week in week out. And, and that's something we had with the West. I mean, we did play, you know, Wyoming, we did play New Mexico, uh, when they, when they struggled and and sure enough, the starters, you were out by third quarter and you were you're able to rest and, and not get any more dinged up. And so, um, yeah, for me, if I had my ideal it would have USC, Washington, Oregon, take some of uh, Texas tech, maybe Oklahoma, throw them in the mix. <laughs> in that'd, that'd be fun. Uh, but it'd also be really brutal. So uh, listen, I think this Rocky Mountain, like we said earlier, I, I think top to bottom it's, it's pretty solid.
1: David Nixon on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, David, I have been and and Jeremy and Jason and I have been talking about this uh, around BYU broadcasting, but we're looking at the experience that BYU brings back uh, with a majority of upperclassmen that have played a lot of football, and then we look at ESPN and they say uh, BYU is probable to win. I don't know, maybe six games this year. Seven would be a good season. We're starting to feel like with as many upperclassmen as BYU has, and if Zach Wilson is healthy and has had a full, healthy offseason, should we not, even though the schedule is harder, expect more out of this specific BYU group? Are you on board for expecting at least eight wins for BYU football this season?
3: Eight wins is lofty. But I I do expect a big season from this Cougar team. And and I think a lot of it has to do with the guys that came back. When you got Kyra Stung on defense – the mainstay, uh, the nose guard, uh, who swallows up blocks, as as well as you got Bushman on the offensive side of the ball, decided to come back. He's your big target as well. When you got those two big guys coming back, and you throw in, like you said, a, a veteran team, um, and not necessarily veteran by senior, you know, juniors and seniors, but more veteran in the sense that you got a lot of guys that played because the last few years, he has been bitten by the injury bug. You've got a lot of guys that had a lot of game reps, um, and so with, with that being said. You gotta think that going into this year that they know what to expect, and, and when you have those live game reps, that's completely different. And, and like I said, you've had a lot of guys that have had those. And so, for me, it's it's a team that's got to come together. This COVID situation's made it tough because you're not there together with each other. Hopefully, they're getting working on the sides. Um, but uh, I, I expect big things from this team, and 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 I think you guys would probably agree from top to bottom of this year's schedule. I think this is probably the most difficult schedule. And independence, I, I think from top to bottom, when you look at just week in and week out, uh, it's, it's a tough schedule. Yeah, you don't have maybe all the ranked teams per se, but, man, you throw in Minnesota and, and the first four are all P5 teams and you end the season with Stanford, you got Boise State. I mean, it's it's a solid schedule. So they're going to have to be prepared. And I think if anything they've learned, this team has learned under Kalani Sitake, is you've got to stay healthy uh, and you got to keep that consistency throughout the season. You can't, you can't let it drop off. And so um, I think consistency is, is the key word for this year.
2: Specifically on the defensive side, we've been hearing a lot about Kalani Satake taking more of a role on the defensive side of things. How do you expect that to materialize on the field this year?
3: Well, yeah, Kalani's going to be more involved. Um, And I think what happens with that is I think they realize they've got to get back to their roots. And the thing that Kalani did best as defensive coordinator at his stops at Utah at Oregon State is pressure. He loves to bring pressure. And that's something that obviously last year because of personnel and injuries, they couldn't bring the pressure they wanted to. Um, and so I expect this year to see a completely different defense, a defense that flies around and makes plays. I will say this, the benefit of having a veteran secondary, uh, when you've got Troy Warner, Chris Wilcox, these guys on the back end, is now you can afford to take shots with your linebackers, blitz them off the edges, blitz them up the A-gaps, bring the defensive ends off the edge, do some games, do some twists, because now you have a secondary that you know that you can kind of leave them out to dry a little bit. You can leave them out to hang and, and, and let them go man-to-man on the back end and bring pressure on the front end. But the problem with last year, because of injuries early on in camp and, and early on in the season, they didn't have that luxury. Um, and so that's that's one thing. If, if BYU can stay healthy, I know it's a big if. That's something that they've struggled with. Uh, but if, throughout this fall camp, if they can stay healthy in these first few games, I think you'll see a drastically different BYU defense. I don't see any more of this drop eight. Maybe you've seen a few different scenarios. But I think Kalani this year is going to be all in on on, on bringing the heat um, and getting some pressure on opposing quarterbacks because – We saw it happen last year. Uh, They they got picked apart in certain games. Certain games, it worked. Certain games, Utah State, USC, the drop eight worked. Um, But other games, it didn't. Offenses were able to pick them apart, and and it uh, obviously resulted in losses. So um, I'm excited for this defense. Once again, if they can stay healthy, I think you'll see a completely new defense.
1: Uh, David, I'll leave you with this stat as we say goodbye. Uh, BYU is looking at a potential of as many as 19 or 20 returning starters that are upperclassmen. So maybe that makes you feel better about uh, the pursuit of eight wins.
3: Yeah, listen, I, I, it makes you feel great, frankly. Um, and I think a lot of it also is these ESPN writers just look at BYU's, you know record last year. Even though you have a lot of returning stars, they could probably just write it up to be, well, they weren't very good last year, so he, those same guys returning, they're probably not going to be great this year. But when you look at Zane Anderson, a lot of these guys that were registering last year that were significant contributors in years prior – it makes you excited. So I'm, uh, I am. I'm excited for the season. Hopefully it happens. Uh, I, I think it will. It might be a modified type season with how we can view it. I don't know if they'll allow all 60,000 fans in the stadiums, but we'll figure it out. And uh, I just hope, regardless, that we have football. I, I think there's too much money in this sport, frankly, to, to not play it. Um, and they'll find a way if they have to. No fans. We just watch it on BYU TV. Uh, and have a good time.
1: Hey, take it from the greatest Lynn Backer to ever wear number 43 at BYU. David, great to catch up with you, man. We'll talk again soon.
3: Oh, it's fun. Thanks, guys.
1: David Nixon on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, buy, sell, or hold. Caleb Lohner averaging double-digit scoring next season. Plus, an All-American Phantom featured in the best-to-wear it, Jason. Such a great nickname. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: Summer baseball is on BYU Radio. The new Utah College League begins July 1st. That's tomorrow through August 13th, featuring players from all of the in-state college teams, including more than 20 players from BYU Baseball. You can listen every Monday and Wednesday night. I will have the call for you at 10 p.m. Eastern time on BYUcougars.com and the app. And then Saturday, we'll have the game of the week at 1 p.m. That can be heard on BYU Radio 107.9 FM as well as Sirius XM Channel 143 Live Sports on BYU Radio.
1: Whenever you bring up the phrase, summer baseball, I automatically think of the Boys of Summer and the Ataris specifically. Okay. All right. Not the, was it Don Henley? Yeah. yeah. Not the original. Okay. All right. The Ataris version of the Boys of Summer. You're so hip bringing <laughs> up the Ataris. <laughs> <laughs> from, like, when? I like don't know.
2: 10, 15 <laughs> years ago?
1: When was that?
2: Yeah, some, I, we need to look this up.
1: How long ago was the... We bring uh, the up-to-date references. summer from the Atari Of course, I brought
2: series. up Don Henley, so I took it back another <laughs> decade and a half he is old
1: man jason i am spencer <laughs> i am the hipster spencer and this is byu sports nation let's whip it
0: it's time for the cougar whip around athletics news byu
2: announced that its annual football media day will be held monday july 20th the, the event will be held virtually we'll have more details on that uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks
1: cougars in pro hoops give me championship game hoops Specifically from Brandon Davies and FC Barcelona who play in the Liga Endesa Championship today, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Good luck to Brandon.
0: Golf.
2: Women's golfer Alicia Mae Mateo was named a WGCA All-American Scholar. Mateo placed in the top 26 times during the 2019-2020 season.
1: Excellence from Alicia is a perfect transition into our best-to-wear-it special today. We're counting up to 99, one number or two each show, and determining who was the best athlete to wear each number at BYU today our double dose. Hits numbers 39 and 40. One's a current cougar, Jason. (laughs) Yes. The other is a phantom. Lead us off with the current guy.
2: Yeah, and he doesn't even wear this number anymore. He was so good in such a short period of time. We are talking about number 39, Jake Oldroyd. Jake the make Oldroyd. Go back to the original. No nicknames. The original nickname is where he was excelling. Okay, all right. 2016 and then obviously 2019 through 2020 is when he wore Uh, 19 of 28 on career field goals. That's a percentage of 67.8. It was 41 of 42 on the point after, uh, which is like almost 98%. Uh, 98 career points. Had a career long of 54, second longest in BYU history. We obviously all remember his debut. Against Arizona, we're watching it on BYU TV right now. Kalani Satake, his, his first cleats. his first game as head coach at BYU, and they win <laughs> off the foot of Jake Oldroyd, and uh, like he made two career field goals at fifty plus, uh, and obviously as we mentioned, um, had the the game tying thirty three yard field goal against Tennessee. He changed his number; it's not thirty nine now. He's going to go to thirty eight. He needs some new mojo. So he's like, I've done everything I can do with thirty nine. It's already the greatest number. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go try and do something else with another number. Maybe can we get like the second second number? Yeah, can he be I, the best be the, to wear
1: a two numbers? I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. But who knows, Jason? Right. Who knows? What do you got for forty? Uh, a phantom, and this one is absolutely legit. Like this guy's number is retired. The first football jersey retired in BYU history. It is Eldon Forti. He was also the first All-American for BYU football in 1962. He was an All-American and finished 10th in the Heisman voting. So top 10 Heisman finalist out of BYU, which was not a football power. He was second in the nation in 1962 in total offense with 1,963 yards, 14 total touchdowns. Here's a guy who was listed as a quarterback but was really just an excellent running back who also could throw it pretty well. Sound like somebody we know in New Orleans right now. Interesting. BYU ran the single-wing offense. 364 rushes that season, only 200 pass attempts. Uh, Forti ran for 1624 in uh, his career. Played one year in the CFL with the Edmonton Eskimos. Had 272 yards rushing against George Washington on September 29th of that fabulous 62 season second most in BYU history behind only Jamal Williams who eclipsed it in 2016 against Toledo Eldon Forti held that record for a very long time
2: yeah and Eldon Forti is one of those guys that the the, the younger generation doesn't know a whole lot about but just going over all of his accomplishments and what he did in a BYU uniform is amazing Held in the Phantom Forti. Great nickname. Number 40
1: is retired.
2: Great nickname. How
1: about that? Jake Oldroyd and Eldon Forti are our best to wear it. <laughs> Back-to-back duo today. Not bad. <laughs> Coming up, <laughs> the top five wins of Indy. And buy, sell, or hold. BYU's six-win projection from ESPN in the 2020 college football season. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On
2: the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, a little motivation from our BYU coaches to get the week started right. Plus, it's time to get to know the player most likely to win best pregame fit. That's right, I'm hip enough to say that, a.k.a. Caleb Loner. Check it out on Twitter,
1: Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just an old guy hipster. And a regular hipster. Listening to the Ataris. Hanging out in studio (laughs) you Yes. Uh, Now you're all thinking about that song. And if you don't know it, you should look it up. Uh, In the meantime, we should play Buy, Sell, or Hold, presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Jason, I'll lead things off. Okay. Buy, Sell, or Hold. Bill Connolly of SB Nation's projection of 6-6. for BYU football this season. He joins ESPN, by the way. Yeah, I'm going to sell
2: this. I'm sticking to minimum seven wins for BYU this year. So I, I still think it's a game off of a minimum. So I will I will sell this.
1: I am selling as well. I am all in on the experience, and I am buying the upperclassman effect for BYU football. Seven wins this season I think would be the minimum That's threshold what she, yes. of like, okay, yeah, whatever. The, the urgency is there for BYU to get better than the seven wins they had in each of the previous two seasons, even though the schedule is harder this year. I'm, I'm buying eight, Jason. I am buying eight That's wins for BYU football. And you know It would help a lot if the Cougars could just take care of business in week, week number one. one, right? Hit it. A countdown to the Utes. 65 days. 65 days away from BYU and Utah to kick off the 2020 season. Okay, you're up next. Alright, buy, sell, or hold. Zach Wilson's 2018 18 for 18 performance in the Idaho
2: Potato Bowl being ranked the fourth best performance in bowl history. Idaho Bowl history? Okay, so... Oh, excuse me, Idaho Bowl history. Yeah, not... yes. If it was the fourth best performance in bowl history? Excuse me. An Idaho Bowl. Yeah. Ida- okay. I- Idaho... The famous Idaho Potato
1: Bowl history. Uh... I, I'm holding. I need to know what the top three performances are. What's better? What's than better than 18 for 18? For 18.
2: You know what? I actually have an idea. What be what might be better than 18 for 18?
1: What's that?
0: Congratulations to your BYU Tigers. <laughs>
1: Does that is that better than 18 for 18? <laughs> That definitely belongs in the top three, okay? Yeah. That belongs in the top three. But I I want to know what the other two performances are. Yeah, I'm
2: I'm selling this. I don't care what they are. He's 18 for 18.
1: I'm I'm whole. I need to see what else is on the list.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I'm selling it. He's 18 for 18 for a
1: win for the BYU Tigers. Go Tigers. (laughs) Buy, sell, or hold, Jason. Four-star basketball recruit Caleb Lohner as a freshman, averaging double digits this season for Mark Pope and B. basketball. I'm buying. What? I'm buying. <laughs> I'm, I'm all in.
2: I'm in. Look, we don't know what this rotation is gonna look
1: like. <laughs> you but think he's gonna start? I I don't it doesn't matter whether he starts or not. It that's not part of the question. he gotta play starter minutes to average double figures, you would think. To score f- five buckets? <laughs> I'm just saying that's... Or four you your threes? A lo- How many people have BYU brought it? Like, the bucket... Are there what? enough shots to go around? See, now
2: that's going to be the biggest question. Is there are a lot more guys that will probably see the ball for an extended period of time than maybe what we've seen in the past. But I don't think it's crazy to think that he could average 10 points as a
1: freshman. Okay. I don't think that that is crazy, so I'm buying it. Okay, so if Caleb Lohner averages double figures in scoring, then BYU's going to have to average like five guys scoring in double figures this season. You think it's going to be that balanced? I think I don't think it's crazy to say Caleb Lohner could score 10 because a game. Because Matt Harms obviously is a favorite to score double figures this year in the post. Richard Harward... Connor Harding, Alex Barcelo, Brandon Averett, Gavin Baxter. Like, where are where are Caleb Lohner's shots going to come from amidst the depth of this roster? That's my. He's a great player, but I don't know. But we don't we don't know how this we don't
2: know how he's going to fit in. What if he comes What if he comes in and he is everything?
1: That we think he can be Great. and more right out of the gate, fantastic. I'm just not then gonna, he's going to get an opportunity. I'm just not going to put the expectation on him as a fresh, th- as a true freshman with this roster. Like, how much is he actually going to play? I, I, that's why I'm a, i am a definitely more of a sell, borderline hold on this because I don't know how much Caleb's going to play. The roster is stacked this year.
2: Uh, they're going to find a way for a player that is as talented as Caleb Loner to see the floor. He's going to see playing tonight. I agree with you. How much we don't know, but I do not think it is is crazy talk that he could average ten points as a freshman.
1: Because where do Spencer Johnson and uh, Gideon George factor into this? How many minutes is, are available for a guy like Caleb Loner? Like does he does he beat out all of those guys? Trevin Nell, who is maybe the best three point shooter that BYU's seen since Chase Fisher. Is going to get some more shots up this year. He's coming around. His body's uh, getting more healthy. He he's in better shape. So I just don't know how much time there is for a true freshman. That if he averages double figures, Jason, then he is the real deal. He'll be one of the all-time greats in BYU basketball history if he is averaging double figures as a freshman on this team. Well, like he I, clearly is like, whoa, next level. If he's that guy,
2: I think it's. I don't think it's crazy to say that it's not that he it's. Such a, a lofty goal that it's not
1: possible. I, I think it absolutely is possible. Wow. I like the, I mean, look. I but think the talent is there. There's no the opportunity com- to play that many minutes so that he can average double okay, figures there. but the, the, the playing time is going
2: to come based off of the production and how guys, so we don't know how that's going to play out not yet.
1: yet. I, think, I, don't, I think it's possible without question. Like Mark can go 11 deep. He can go 11 deep on this That's roster. Insane. You could have eight guys average 7 points for all I know. Yeah.
2: You know? You may have a lot of guys averaging right around 10 points a game. You may not have like the 20-ish. But you may have a lot of guys. It's The Gonzaga that are right method. 10. Gonzaga
1: yeah. had six guys averaging double figures, yeah. but they were the best team in America. Yeah. So, and they're probably going to be the best team in America again. All right, coming up, our rise and shout out. And the top 5 wins of the BYU football independence era. There have been some incredible victories. How we rank them from five to one next as BYU Sports Nation.
0: This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go. The MVP of your next event. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing.
1: BYU Sports Nation continues with this daily reminder. Show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can also download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the show. I cannot wait for this Top 5 Tuesday presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Today is the anniversary of when BYU effectively and officially went independent in college football. Nine years ago today, June 30th, BYU football became an independent. So it's only fitting that today we celebrate football independence in Provo with the top five wins of the Indy era, Jason, start us off. All right, number
2: five, and we don't have to go very far for this one. It was just last season when 24th-ranked USC came to Provo to face BYU, and BYU was coming off that miraculous win at Rocky Top. The defense dominated this game, forcing three interceptions from Caden Slovis, including the game-winning pick by Diane Gowoliku in overtime. Cougars win 30-27. to The fans obviously stormed the field, and the hashtag Esten Kalani was born. That was a sight to see
1: everybody onto the field. Beautiful Saturday afternoon, beautiful result for BYU football. This was huge because it was the first home signature win for Kalani Satake. He had done it on the road. The UIU had done it at Michigan State. They had done it at Arizona. They had done it at Tennessee. They had done it at Wisconsin. He had yet to win a big time game at home. This changed all of that. It brought excitement back to Provo. So I love this one. At number 4, keeping it in 2019. Speaking of home signature wins, Jason in comes 14th ranked Boise State and the Cougars with their third-string quarterback Baylor-Romney in horrible rainy conditions shocked the Broncos. I mean, they got up by 18 points in this game. Matt Bushman was huge. Trick plays. BYU Sione Finau running away from the Bronco defense, and the Cougars hold off 12-2 Boise State, 28-25. This was an incredible collective effort from the coaches. The play calling was outstanding. This was such a gratifying win. Yes. BYU second Big home signature win in the season.
2: Yeah, gratifying is a great way to describe it. And the fact that you had Baylor Romney, who most people had no idea what to expect, came in and absolutely looked the part. And has certainly uh, earned everything that uh, every opportunity he's been given since.
1: Uh, Just because Jaron's not here, I need to ask it. Was it even hard if you had your third string quarterback (laughs) in there? Nice. All right, number
2: three. And you knew that if we were going to do the best wins of Independence, the Texas would find a way onto the list. Number three comes from... The trip to Austin in 2014, I was lucky enough to actually be in the stadium for this game and watching this. Texas was ranked 25th in the nation at the time, but Taysom Hill wasn't having any of it. The Cougars scored three TDs in the third quarter alone, which included Taysom's famous Leap of Faith. What an unbelievable game. BYU ran away with it. Final score, 41-7, winning at Texas.
1: Ah, yes. There's nothing like going to Daryl K. Royal Memorial Stadium <laughs> and absolutely destroying the Texas Longhorns. Yeah. <laughs> the That tastes like there. So good. How many great highlights did BYU have collectively against Texas over that two-year span? Look,
2: it's one thing to beat Texas at home, which was, I don't know, maybe we'll make an appearance, who knows. It's another to go to Texas and dominate the Longhorns like BYU did that day.
1: Oh my goodness. They were
2: dominant. And it was Taysom, six
1: to nothing at halftime, by the way. There's a reason why we still joke about Texas fans having nightmares of Taysom Hill. It's because they still do. Six to nothing at halftime, and then Taysom Hill runs through, around, and over yes. the Longhorns. Okay, number two, worthy of a little jump around, and some of you will have this at number one, I'm sure, in 2018. BYU travels to Camp Randall to take on number six, Wisconsin. A game where Squally Canada outrushed. Now NFL-bound Jonathan Taylor by a yard. And Aleva Hippo had the only touchdown pass of the game on a trick play to Moroni Laulupututau. The decisive play, a missed field goal by Wisconsin with 36 seconds left. That was an incredible environment. I was lucky enough to be there standing under the goalpost as that field goal went wide left. BYU wins 24-21. That's number two. Jason, for me, I might lean towards that as number one. That was incredible. That ended a 40-game non-conference win streak at home for Wisconsin. It was impressive,
2: but... Our number one was also impressive. The number one win of Independence came in 2013 against Texas. Yeah. BYU ran for 550 yards, including 259 yards on the ground from Taysom alone. BYU won 40-21 after an unbelievably long weather delay, a lightning delay, in their first
1: victory against a ranked opponent in Independence. And that's uh, all right, all right, all right, yes. according to yes, Matthew McConaughey. It is. Yes, Well played. Not even the hand of Voldemort in that storm coming into Lavelle <laughs> Stadium could slow down Taysom Hill that night. Yeah, baby. Records all over the place. Okay, our elite voice of the day answering this question. What's your ideal conference for BYU look like? It is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at quick underscore Rick answers on Twitter. Just put every team in together. Then we could call it the general conference.
2: <gasps> Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right, our uh, rise and shout-outs today. Mine going to the NBA, by the way. Uh, one month from today, the season begins.
1: And, yes, even with everything going on, it's starting one, one month from today. Let's go. I didn't get much time to do it yesterday, so I'm going to do it the right way today with a little more time. I'm going to give my rise and shout-out to the firefighters battling wildfires in Utah. Quite literally, they are the heroes that saved hundreds of homes and continue to save hundreds of homes as those fires blaze. Thank you for all you do. Absolutely. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Our thanks to today's guest David Nixon for Jason. I am Spencer. Shout out to Reno Mahe. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation.